0: It's time for the Quest Podcast, where we dissect the biggest news items of the week. Hey, good Tuesday morning, everybody. Welcome to the Quest Podcast. I am Eric Kane with Austin Price, Brent Hubbs, and Rob Lewis. Appreciate you guys for being here, and a big thank you to our friends, Exterior Home Solutions. If you need roofing, siding, windows, or garage, contact Exterior Home Solutions uh, today. They've been locally owned and trusted here in East Tennessee since nineteen. 99. A big thanks for our friends, Exterior Home Solutions, at 865-524-5888. Uh, Tennessee got back on track with a win over UTSA. Of course, a big week coming up with South Carolina. Uh, but I think it was important to see Tennessee respond the right way, get off to a right a good start, 31-0 at halftime, and win big, Brent Hubs, before obviously the slate's going to get more challenging with a, with an SEC opponent.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously it wasn't perfect, but Tennessee did a lot of good things. And I think there's more positives than negatives, as we've talked about. But getting out of the gates, you know, Rob was priority number one for this team, scoring fast, getting back to the tempo that Tennessee fans are used to seeing. They did that in the first half, which is something certainly this offense can build on and needs to build on this week against South Carolina.
2: Yeah, I thought the start was Probably what I was most interested to see. And I think a lot of people, I mean, you just wonder how they're going to bounce back after, you know, such a disappointing loss at Florida where you didn't feel like you gave yourself a chance. You were sloppy, you know, undisciplined. And, and you know, against an opponent that you probably had to generate, you know, some of your own juice for, um, you know, I, I was impressed with the way they came out, the way they were focused and executed early. And man, I mean, everybody, I mean, we've all talked about, you know, the third quarter, but man, if, if it hadn't been for that, and you can't throw it out, I mean, it happened. They looked terrible for 15 minutes. But if 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 that hadn't happened, it would have been you know you'd have left Saturday feeling like you know all right, they bounced back you know as well as they could you know with, with that kind of game sandwiched in between Florida and South Carolina.
0: I think one thing that we kind of noticed, and Austin asked the question to to Josh Heupel uh, in the press conference, and we something we spoke on after the game on Saturday, and in the in the Rocky Top rewind, it's about the the tempo, the operation. It, it looked really good. It looked kind of back to, to what Tennessee's offense is is supposed to look like. And let's hear from Josh Heupel here. He was asked about that on Monday, and I think he kind of agreed.
3: Oh, you know, I, I talked about, you know, self-inflicted wounds, not playing smart on the offensive side of the football, uh, hurting ourselves And in this last one. We didn't do those things. So that allows you to play in tempo, allows you to be uh, ahead of the chains or, or in, uh, you know, manageable situations where you're not in third and 15. and, and uh, that helps everybody out. It helps your quarterback out, it helps your offensive line out, it helps us stay in rhythm, helps us move the football. Yeah, we really haven't done a bunch of checks uh, to the sideline. Uh, Joe, you know, controls most of the football game for us and and, uh, it's been true since we got here. So that's not really something that uh, has slowed us down typically.
0: Yeah, I'm not too sure about that last part because the Florida game did happen. They were checking to the sideline a lot, but Austin, it did look more like Tennessee's offense in that first half little lull there obviously in the third quarter but it, it was a faster clip
4: yeah it, it looked like the closest thing to last year that we've seen this year and uh they had really good rhythm pacing uh, obviously the tempo was 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 more like we've been accustomed to seeing under hypo um and, and you wonder you know like it's it's kind of like you know when you're when you're working on you know self-improvement or improving your craft and and anything right um you know, you start to see little flashes of what it could be, little flashes of what it could be, and then eventually it gets there. And and that was kind of my point. The highballs. do you think you're getting there with or you know with with the step you made last week? And obviously, he feels like you know, not playing behind the sticks is a, is a major, um, and it should be a major contributing factor to why Tennessee has struggled and why Tennessee was uh, appeared to be in much better rhythm this past game. When you're uh, man, look at that interception. It's unbelievable. Um, you know, uh, you know, that's, um, you know, I think that goes a long way to Tennessee's offense. All of a sudden starting to find its footing a little bit, which, you know, it's a good time to find your footing because you've got a, even with a, you know, a bye week coming up next week, you've got, you know, a, really a four game slate in
1: October in September, 1st of October. Um, that is, uh, really, really good. Yeah, I mean, I think so much of the offensive rhythm too is is about the gash plays. It, it's about the explosives, and it, that, that doesn't mean it's a sixty-yard touchdown pass. But the the number of seven, ten, fifteen-yard running plays that they had—I know they ended up with four forty-yard plus running plays. Um, but you you go back to that Florida game; their longest run from scrimmage, I think, was eleven or twelve yards. Twelve. They just didn't have—they didn't have enough of those plays to really get you going so it's it's playing fast it's playing ahead of the sticks but it's also really making the defense run right I mean it's 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 one thing to gain three yards or four yards and everybody gets back up on the ball really fast it's another when you gain 12 and, and the offense is at a full sprint tempo and the defense is trying to get lined up and figure out where they're at it's different so I think that's part of getting the offense in rhythm too is to have more of those types of plays, particularly in the run game. But we'll see if Tennessee can do that um, this week against South Carolina, who um, was good against the run against Mississippi State, wasn't good against the run against you know North Carolina or, or Georgia. Uh, we'll see. Tennessee, it's pretty clear, you know, 150-yard plus, Tennessee's winning a whole lot of football games, and most people in the country are. But for a spread offensive passing attack, the, the, that 150 marker is is a pretty good indicator where Tennessee's offense is in terms of efficiency.
4: By the way, Smokey uh, 10 coming out and leading them through the tee. Smokey 11's not ready. That's kind of like Joe Gaddis coming back to the sidelines for Oak Ridge against Clinton.
0: <laughs> See, that's a robbery Thursday joke. I don't know why it's here on the Quest podcast. <laughs> No, a lot of people, a lot of people around the country going, who, what,
2: who is Joe Gaddis? Who is Clinton? Didn't you have him sign a non compete with rivalry Thursday? I don't think you can talk high school football on this podcast. You?
4: <laughs> no, that's only on, that's only on that's only on a TV. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, uh, Austin, you did have the the Cooper Mays update that you put out there Sunday night, uh expecting to see. Uh, probably for the first time this season, Cooper get out there and, and play on, on Saturday. If that is the case, how different could this operation and this offense look with Cooper Mays, knowing that again, he he'll still have a little ways to go to get back to where he was last year?
4: Well, I think it depends on, you know, what kind of shape Cooper's in, right? Yeah. I mean he he's you know, what, what all has he been doing? I know he's not been able to, you know, do a lot of, you know, physical contact, but has he has he been running? Has he stayed in somewhat shape? Because, you know, I do think that he can get the calls in a little more effectively just because he's done it more. I mean, when you've done it for three years, like it's going to be better than someone who's done it for six weeks. And, you know, uh, obviously that's his natural position. Um, You know, they love the way he runs this offense and and is able to get the offensive line calls and set protections and and, and do all the things that he has to do. Um, So, yeah, I do think getting Cooper back in some form or fashion, whether it's all game, whether it's 70% of the game or whatever, um, is a big deal for Tennessee because I think that that, you know, will make your offensive line just a little bit more cohesive. If you're Javante Spragans, last year you're sitting there with Darno right to your right and Cooper Mace to your left. This year you've not had either. And now all of a sudden he gets kind of Cooper back on the left side, and you wonder how much that helps a guy like Sprag. So, um, you know, we'll see. Um, you know, but obviously I, I continue to believe that there's a lot of hope that he's going to be in this game on Saturday.
1: Well, they also got to make sure John Campbell's out there, too, at left tackle. I think yeah. that's important, That's an important piece to this uh, as well um, with that offensive line. And then I asked Josh Hypel kind of his thoughts, Eric, on where that offensive line was through four games. And, um, you know, he, he gave him some praise and, and some props. I, I don't know that they – there's there's plenty of room to grow for that offensive line yeah. moving forward, no question.
0: Yeah, I think so. Um and again he gave some praise and said at times looked really good with the pass protection, but he kinda ended on still got a ways to go. Still got a ways to go and to get better and they gotta continue to chip away and you know getting back at Cooper Mays can maybe help with that in that that respect. Um speaking of some injuries, Josh Heipel's asking about Joe Milton. Joe Milton went down second to last series of the first half, kind of that awkward tackle, kinda of weird to look at, the the knee tweak there and then uh, came back in, played the rest of the game, didn't miss any time, but Josh Heipels asked about the injury status availability of Joe Milton, your quarterback, in Monday's press Conference. Here's what he had to say on that.
3: It took this long to get that question. So, uh, he, uh, you know, for us, I know there's a picture out there, um, but uh, uh, for us routinely on Sundays, we're going to make sure that our players are, are healthy. Um, you know, we have a di- diagnosis in, inside and uh, with our doctors, but uh, we're going to make sure that medically they, they check up on them as well. And. Uh, Joe's been good, feels good. Uh, he was with us today, so anticipate him being ready to go play really well.
0: So it sounds like Joe Milton not a huge concern right now. Here early in the week again, he didn't miss any time. Came back in, played the rest of the game. A good sign, Brent. Uh, here on a Monday to, or a Tuesday to kick off South Carolina week. That sounds like your starting quarterback's going to be okay.
1: Yeah, and I think everybody ought to should understand MRIs are, are pretty common things. It's, he's probably not the only one that's had an MRI this year. Maybe not even the only one who had an MRI this weekend. Uh, the difference is he's the most note, you know, recognizable player on the team, and he was sitting in a lobby of an MRI machine over the weekend uh, to where people would be seen. I don't know that they will go that route in terms of walking him through the reception area and hanging out in the waiting room moving forward just to prevent those pitchers from being out there and and that happening. But, um, yeah, I think Joe's going to be fine. I, I You know, the question I have about Joe, Rob, and, and Austin is – uh, how comfortable is he going to be running the football? How much will they call runs for him with with where, you know, the, the knee is if he's not quite 100%? Because that was obviously a, a part of the plan. It worked to perfection on play one Saturday, but clearly they had a plan to get him going uh, with his legs in that game early. Do they feel comfortable with that uh, in this game against South Carolina? That we won't know until Saturday.
2: Well, I, I thought you had a – I mean – a good point in, in your 10 things piece on Sunday. I mean, it wasn't just the wags right mean, it looked like it affected his throwing too. I mean, when you went back on, on your rewatch, what was it, Hubbard? He started 14 to 16 and then four or 12. Yeah. After, after they kind after of the tackle. 20. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't know if that was a reason, but I think, you know, there's some pretty compelling evidence, you know, given how he started and how he finished, how sharp he was early. And, you know, you, you just wonder. So it's, I, w- I would wonder if it affects more than, you know just as running and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer I just think it's worth pointing out but the discrepancy in his performance from the way he started and, and then after that tackle
0: Rob how big of an issue is it that, that uh two weeks in a row Tennessee's just kind of not I'm not trying to take a again not trying to be Debbie Downer 31 point win Tennessee did exactly what it was supposed to win there's a lot of positives uh from that game on Saturday but for the second week in a row Tennessee just didn't show up for a quarter it felt like second quarter against Florida third quarter coming out of the break that's not just Joe. That's not just the offense. And as you know, Brent and I spoke on the Rocky Top Rewind. I mean, the defense missed tackles a ton in that third quarter. A Couple of big uh, drives, seven play, excuse me, fifteen play, seven minute drive to to kick things off for UTSA there in the third quarter. How concerning is that moving back into SEC play?
2: Man, I, I just don't think you can totally dismiss it out of hand. But I've just I've decided I'm not making a huge deal out of it. I mean, and I think the Florida second quarter and UTSA second quarter are just apples and oranges. I mean the environment, the opponent. You know, you're up 31 to nothing. You've had your way with them. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you can't just excuse it. But I mean, you can see how they maybe didn't have their stinger coming out in the, in the third quarter. And, I, and again, I, I go back. To, I was more impressed with the way they came out to start the game and what was just you know not a, not a big game atmosphere. You're coming off a disappointing loss. No matter what you do, it, you know against UTSA, it's the jury's still out on you until you, until this coming Saturday. So yeah, I mean, there's a lot of st- a lot of stuff to go back on film. I'm sure that was that was ugly when you throw that on in the in the third quarter, especially for the defense. But um, I'm just I'm just not going to blow it up.
0: A guy who had a career day that was Dylan Sampson, 11 carries, 139 yards, a pair of touchdowns. Uh, Dylan Sampson. Uh, Josh J- uh, Josh Heupel was asked about Dylan Sampson and about him getting a bigger role, bigger piece of the pie this past week. When he didn't get anything against Florida, here's what Josh Hopple said about a sophomore running back.
3: He made in here, and, and yeah, he wanted more touches for sure uh, the previous week, and, and uh, you know, for whatever reason, we just didn't get that done. But um, he's the same guy inside of the building and, and competitive and cares and, and um, embraces every role that, uh, that we put him in. He competes for those roles too. Um, but he's dynamic, and, uh, you know, the things that he does at the line of scrimmage that are real subtle – Pressing, you know, the aiming points, delivering a center guard, guard tackle combination to the second level, being able to feel things that are happening on the backside of the run when it's fast flow over the top to be able to come out the backside. Uh, those are all really special. Everybody sees, you know, his gift when he gets to the third level, make people miss the ability and speed uh, to take it the distance. But it's the things that he does early in the run that uh, give him the ability to get to that spot.
0: Austin, clearly Tennessee likes a whole lot of Jalen Wright. They like Jabari Small. Got to find a way to get the football consistently to Dylan Sampson.
4: Yeah, you've got to, uh, you know, I guess be more intentional, uh, you know, when he's in the game because he he is special with the ball in his hands. Again, uh, the four touchdowns against Virginia, um, you know, that's more like, you know, Wright tapped out a couple times. He kind of vultured some things. But, uh, you know, I love him. You know, Tennessee's throwing to the backs more um, this year than they did a year ago. With that said, I think that fits right into his, uh, his strong suit. And, uh, and then just getting the ball to him out in space. I mean, again, he, he's got, you know, something to him. And, uh, and he is a very mature kid, um, you, know, uh, you know, when he's, you know, whether it be in the team room, practice, game field, um, even though he's just a sophomore,
1: uh, you know, there's a reason he's on the leadership council this early in his career. Yeah, I think the question is, does he take snaps from Jabari Small, uh, you know, in SEC play? I, I think that I think that's where we are, uh, provided that Jalen Wright's healthy. Um, you know, it's like if if they would have if, if in the first half at Florida, Jay, Jabari Small got two carries in the second quarter, and I, I think Jalen Wright had nine in the first quarter. Well, if after that game was over, Tennessee got beat, and and Jerry Mack had split that up, you know you know, 4-4-4 four, four, and four, or something close to that notion, everybody would be screaming, why is Jalen Wright not your bell cow? Why is he not getting more carries? He should be getting more carries than the other two tailbacks. I think the question at this point moving forward, based on Josh Heupel's comments, based on production that we've seen, is where is Dylan Sampson and Jabari Small in terms of splitting carries there? You know, is that still Jabari Smalls, the first one in an SEC play? And this past week that was strictly situational because the ball was in the red zone. Or do you look at this thing after where you are in four games and say Dylan Sampson needs to be the guy we're forcing some more carries to, and, and Jabari Small is the guy who doesn't get as many carries as a result of that. I think that's kind of the question mark with Dylan Sampson and this running back rotation in this offense.
0: You flip it over to the to the defense and heading back into SEC play, the challenge is going to get much greater. But, Robbie, look at that defensive line. It it got after it against Virginia. got after it against Austin Peay. Uh, Did not have a a great day rushing the quarterback and and Mertz. And I understand they were doing some quick things. Uh, But didn't really show up as much in Florida. Showed up in a big way against UTSA. Uh, Rush lanes are going to be critical. The ends, even the interior, you know, kind, kind of staying at home a little bit against Spencer Rattler. Looks like that defensive line is going to have to have a big day against uh, South Carolina and uh, the Gamecocks.
2: Well, I think it's it, it may be the biggest matchup on the field. I mean, you could say secondary, but you know, I think I'll, I'll be surprised if the secondary doesn't struggle a little bit. I, I think that Tennessee's best weapon, you know, to to defend Spencer Rattler is to pressure him. And you know, we all know, South Carolina has been awful in protecting the quarterback. And the fact that Rattler's putting up the numbers he is, being as accurate as he is while running for his his life you know, so often, it has been pretty remarkable. That, that to me, is my biggest, where I think he's made the most strides, at least from watching last year. I mean, he's, he's completing almost 75% of his throws, so much more accurate, you know, seem, just seems so much more consistent. And, you know, all while he's dodging bullets. I mean, South Carolina's been the worst team in the SEC, protecting the quarterback. Uh, it was, you know, a huge problem in that opening loss to, to North Carolina, and, and Tennessee has got – in my opinion, to, to really make some hay there. I mean, Tyler Barron's been really good to start the year with four sacks. James Pierce has obviously, obviously flashed. And, um, you know, it's simple football, but but being able to get home in and four and, and devote as much as you can to, you know, defending the pass, I, I think is just
0: enormous this week. Tennessee can't miss tackles this week, Austin. Uh, three straight games where Tennessee's been, uh, missed 10 plus tackles. I think he missed seven against Virginia. So it was a good start to the season. But missing tackles that, uh, you know, allow a, a touchdown to go in or a first down or drives to continue, you know, that's the type of stuff that's going to be a backbreaker. It was on that one drive against UTSA and against Spencer Rattler, who's shown to be elusive and keeping, you know, keeping drives alive and all that. Tennessee can't afford to have a bad tackling day on Saturday. No, they can't.
4: You know, they, they have to, they have to wrap up. Um, and you're going to have a few, right? Like that, that's any team on any day, but uh you have to you have to limit it. You have to you know to be a good tackling team. Um, and again, it goes back to getting off the field on third downs. How many times have you seen you know Tennessee be in position, miss a tackle on third down, keep the sticks moving, keep the drive moving, keep the defense on the field, the offense off the field? That that's where Tennessee's you know got to really capitalize. Make sure you you know when you have a team in a position to get off the field on third down, be a really good tackling team. And that goes back across the board, but more specifically. Um, on third down. You've got to be able to get off the field when you get uh, South Carolina and third and medium, third and long,
1: um, you know, just get off the field as much as you can. Yeah, to me, that's the biggest stat of the game. I mean, I I think that's the biggest one to watch. And you could say, well, that's the key every week, you know, third downs and, you know, this, that. I mean, this South Carolina team has made um, a lot of hay this year with, you know, third third and crazy plays, right? It's a scramble for a first down with, with a runner with a quarterback who really doesn't like to run, but will if it's a third down play. He had a play in the Mississippi State game where it was I think third and eleven or third and twelve, and it ended up being a thirty yard touchdown pass because he got outside of the pressure and got out there and it became a complete and utter scramble drill, and Spencer Rattler turned it into a touchdown. Those are back breaking momentum type plays. Tennessee has to avoid that. You're not going to be perfect. They'll convert a third and long, but you can't let them convert multitudes of third and long. Look at the Florida game. If Tennessee gets off the field on one of those early two third and 11s, what does that football game look like? What could it potentially turn into? You, you just don't know. So when you have a chance to get off the field, and this is what Tim Banks has talked about for a, a most, almost a year now, the, the the next step in the growth in this defense is getting off the field in third-down situations, particularly third and long, because you can rush four, your pass rush is better, and you play coverage on the back end. Well, you're going to get your chance Saturday. you got to go execute that. You did not execute those situations very well against Florida, and it cost you dearly. It's got to be better this week.
0: We will continue the conversation for South Carolina. They're coming to Neyland Stadium Saturday night. Tennessee, a big-time showdown looking for – SEC win number one on the season. Uh, first, let's get a word from our proud sponsors at Exterior Home Solutions. Exterior Home Solutions will make one family's dream come true. Do you know a family in need of a new roof?
4: Maybe it's leaking or needs repaired.
3: Whatever the needs may be, Exterior Home Solutions is going to give one lucky family Exterior Home Makeover.
0: To nominate a family that you think is deserving, simply go to the website at exteriorhomesolutions.com makeover and you can make your nomination there.
3: It's Sear your home solutions wants to give the gift
1: of home to one lucky family.
0: Plus. Welcome back into the Vault Quest podcast. Big thanks to our friends Exterior Home Solutions, great people over there, big Tennessee fans. If you have any need siding, roofing, windows, doors, wherever the case may be, Exterior Home Solutions, go check them out today, free consultation, give them a call at 524-5888. Rob, you had a chance to ask Josh Hopple on Tuesday, you know, essentially what you were saying is this is a game that every Tennessee fans had circled on the calendar. It's a game that knocked Tennessee out of the playoffs last year. It was humiliating fashion, et cetera. Um, this, is there any carryover there? And Josh Heupel was kind of quick to dismiss that. Here's what Josh Heupel said about the South Carolina game last year and uh, the carryover or lack thereof until uh, this season.
3: It's a new week every week. It, it, it's a new year, too. Um, uh, you know, last year uh, they were more physical than us. Um, they competed harder than we did uh, on that night. Um, you know, we didn't handle the, the environment the right way. Uh, those were lessons that you know had to continue to move forward with us as a, as a program. But uh, you know, last year has nothing to do with this week. Last week has nothing to do with this week. You know, the previous play has nothing to do with the next one. Man, we got to focus on our preparation and and uh, and be ready to have a great competitive spirit for for four quarters.
0: Man, that's the right answer, and I mean, he's he's correct, well, he's got to say that. Yeah, you say it, but at the
4: end of the day, at the can, end of the day, can, you, can you want to remember me. what happened last year. Josh Heupel remembers. What happened last year and if tennessee were to get off to a hot start and south carolina struggle i don't think you're gonna see hypo going yeah i don't think he's pulling the the miami coach who had a chance to set the nfl record for points and saying yeah we'll take a knee we won't we won't tack on that field goal to set the record like i mean if, if you're if you're fortunate enough to get off to a, that kind of start i think they're put keeping the gas pedal down everybody remembers you, you, it's just like you you say all these things in the press conference most of it is coach speak, but you know, what they actually think and do are two different things.
2: I bet it's I bet it's mentioned in the locker room and I I I mean I would bet a lot of money, a lot of players, if this would means a little bit more.
4: Well you sit there and said they're more physical last year, Hubber. I mean that's that's that you don't think that that's being said in the locker room? Rob's right about that. I mean that's yeah, something they're gonna be driving home all week.
1: Yeah, I mean and the the message is the message is, you know, I, I don't think you have to spend a whole lot of time talking about it. You certainly don't get into, you know, any kind of well, they did this, or this was their – I mean, you know, the, the Tennessee team, had Kamal Haddon was talking trash on the sideline down four touchdowns. It, it's not that <laughs> part of it, okay? Do you think they're going to uh, throw it too early, Hub? Do yeah. you think they're going to throw at Kamal Haddon? I would think so. But but the but the message Josh Heupel has for his team, he conveyed to the media, to the public on Monday. And that is, we got beat last week. We got out physical. We didn't play our game. They dictated it. And we better not like it. We, we we better not be happy with that fact. And, and that should be a reminder. And everybody should be reminded of that. There'll be plenty of intensity Saturday night. I mean, tons of it. It'll it'll be, fans are going to be wound tight. Tennessee will be, I mean, this will be one of those. There'll be a lot of jaw and there'll be a lot of chippiness to this football game
0: early, I would imagine. Rob, what's your thoughts on Shane Beamer?
2: He's doesn't, it, doesn't it do a great job of uh, maybe representing himself in the best way sometimes.
0: Man, I thought you were going to go in on him there. <laughs> nah, say, I'm yeah. trying to keep
2: it. I mean, it, it, I mean Look, like, he's I
1: done, I mean, he's done a good job on the field. I mean, yeah. he's had some cringeworthy, worthy press conferences and some things like that. But I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, given starting with the Tennessee game last year, they, they've, they've elevated themselves i mean they're 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 a better program and they're playing better and they're winning with you know they're getting elite quarterback play right now um which which you know he totally deserves credit for in that program now they're not they're not ready to go i don't think win all, win it all win it all and and some of the hype that they've gotten and some of the love that they've gotten but i mean he's he's done a solid job there and and they got a quarterback plan at a super high level right now rob
2: yeah, he really is, and 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 last year he, I mean, he wasn't. He was all over the board, and, and for people, I'll just say, I mean, I know I take some shots at him on Twitter. For a guy in his position, running a program like that, making millions, he seems to have incredibly thin skin and, and a lack of self awareness. Is is what I would say about him. But as for Spencer Rattler, man, I, I've been really impressed with him because again, I mean, he looked fantastic against you know Tennessee and South Carolina last year, but that was that was an anomaly. I mean, he was he was all over the board. You know the first two months of the season, but he is built on that. And and again, I, I give him credit because the offensive line has been a sieve, and he continues to to you know just make plays.
1: Best quarterback in the league? Yes, Dude. I think so. Right now, I
2: mean, who's it? Is it Jaden Daniels?
1: Is it, I mean, I'm taking I, him over Jaden Daniels. I am. T- I am too. Jaden Daniels has more help around him. That, that puts him in a position to be successful. Some of those receivers they've got, he's got those two big tackles. That offensive line is better. I think we're Spence I think Spencer Rattler's playing the best level of football at the quarterback position in the SEC right now. Like he hadn't had a couple of his weapons. They got a young offensive line. Now they got a couple of guys. The you know the the legged kid can go. They, they've got some guys who can cause you problems. But he's a little bit he's not Bryce Young. I I'm not saying win the Heisman trophy. But AP, you know, we talked about it last year. If you were taking Bryce Young out of that Alabama lineup, what would their record be? What would it have been? Right? They'd have probably lost what four or five football games. Yeah, I would say there were
4: two more losses. They're probably eight yeah. and four.
1: Where, where is South Carolina and Spencer Rattler is not on the field right now. Four and eight. One and three. They're one. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, this year they're one and three. They 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 would have beaten Furman with, mm-hmm. with another quarterback, but that's it. I mean, he he's playing really really well right now. Tennessee's got their hands full. With the way this guy is playing, and for Tennessee, it's the first quarterback that they played that's got some real wheels.
4: Yeah, I, I will say players. this: they're, they're they're winless away from Williams Bryce this year. Um, you know, they, they lost the neutral side game. You know, and then of course they lost uh, at Georgia. So well, they lost to
1: the two best teams they play.
4: Yeah, correct. So, like, my thing is, is I think the crowd. You know, and I think it was Packers. You know, comment to, to, to hype. I think the crowd. Can have a huge impact on the football game um i think you know he's still good he still was good at georgia and that's uh, that that's a, a tough place to play um but you know I, I think that it can cause other breakdowns on the offensive side even if rattler doesn't break you can have the offensive line meltdown you, you can have communication issues across the board with other players so um I, I think the crowd can have just as much impact as just about anybody on that South Carolina offense, which, as host pointed out, has been, I mean, like, again, last week they got to 37. They've struggled to get touchdowns, but, man, they've thrown it all over everybody, and he has been looking like a million dollars doing it.
0: Well, that's something Colin Taylor told us from Gamecock Central on the Rocky Top Rewind. I asked him how they dealt with the environment of being on the road at Georgia earlier this year and the offensive line. He said there was a lot of penalties. So there was some pre-snap penalties, young offensive linemen, and so – you got to wonder if that can carry over with you know what's going to happen at Neyland Stadium on Saturday night so you know yeah. we'll see
1: Georgia had Georgia had or excuse me South Carolina had Georgia had seven offensive penalties in that game left guard had a had a pre-snap penalty it looks like or had a penalty had two penalties at the right guard spot a penalty at the right tackle spot and a penalty at the right tack at the left tackle spot so of their seven penalties in that game it looks like six of them or by offensive linemen, which is a product of the road. Can Tennessee have that kind of effect um, Saturday night? Can, and, and I think to do that, Rob, the crowd's got to get out to a – I mean, the, the team's got to get out to a good start to keep that crowd revved up into a frenzy. If they do that, then this that place will go bananas in the first quarter if Tennessee gets out of the gates.
2: I, I think it's a powder keg. I mean, I think it'll be one of those days where you can feel the electricity – you know, on, on, as you're walking to the stadium after you park, I mean, know I mean, so
4: how big this one is. Going into the bye to be oh, four and one, the two weeks to prepare for a And M. Well,
2: and the the flip side being going into the bye zero oh and two in in the SEC with two yeah. straight losses to with
4: a And M Bama, and then a road game of Kentucky coming up. It's,
2: I mean, it's, I mean, it's. I don't think it's high. Pre- I mean, nobody's gonna be in the hot seat or anything like that. I'm just, I think it's the biggest game of Josh's brief career since he's been here. I mean, last year was house money all the way, man. You know, Alabama was a big game, but you know that nobody expected Tennessee to to do what they did. If they if they hadn't beaten them, you know, no shame. But this one, I mean, this is a program in your division that you know you've looked at it, little brother, as a little brother since they came in in the nineties. You know, you want to keep the ascendancy going that that you've gotten since you got here, you know, two years ago. If you're Josh, so I mean, I, I think this is a big one for the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the state the state, the obvious, so,
1: but throw so in this too, Rob, I mean, you talk about expectations. You were favored to win at Florida. You're favored to win at home against South Carolina. That adds to it. Right. Cause everybody's out there is saying you're supposed to win. And, and so that, that now you're dealing with, wait a minute, you're dropping a game that you're supposed to win. How many of those has Josh Heupel had in his career at Tennessee to this point? One last year at South Carolina, one this year at Florida. Um, and so that 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 adds to it as to, as well. I'm surprised the line's where it's at in this game. I'll be to see where it's at when, when we get to Friday and Saturday. But I'm surprised that it started as high as it is, and I'm surprised it stayed where it's at because I thought it would shift the other way pretty quickly.
0: Well, it's funny. I saw where, you know, uh, Grant put the story out Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening. Um, you know, it opened at 11. I checked Sunday night on FanDuel. It was at 8. And then I checked Monday morning on FanDuel, and it's 11. So it's like – whoa, you know, what's kind of going on here? I'm, I'm a little bit surprised as well. Last thing that I want to bring up here, it, we talked about Spencer Rattler a lot in this, in this uh, show so far, but Rob, you had a really nice uh, stat in your scouting the opponent that I made note of, and I'm, I brought it back, and I put it in the uh, first glance last night just to show you where Spencer Rattler was prior to playing Tennessee last year. Uh, prior to playing Tennessee, he had one 300-yard game, He threw two touchdowns just once in a game before Tennessee. Uh, Just the week before, Rattler threw for less than 200 yards. I think it was a game against Florida. Uh, Rattler threw for less than 200 yards. The offense did not find the end zone. Had that game against Tennessee, and then he's been kind of a different player since. Josh Hopple spoke about Spencer Rattler, what he does well, and the level that he's playing at right now in his Monday press conference.
3: Good player. Uh, He's played at a high level. Uh, He's played a lot of football. Uh, he's playing extremely well right now. Um, he was uh, dynamic in that football game, uh, but he has that uh, in his arsenal. And, uh, you know, for us, the line of scrimmage is important, and uh, we've got to do a really good job. Uh, we got to get him in third and long. Last year we didn't get off the field in third and longs, so and, and, you know, that, some of that was coverage. Some of that was, uh, some of that was him extending and making some, some really special plays. Uh, we got to do a great job of bottling him up and applying pressure at the same time. Has played a bunch of football. Uh, he understands coverages, sees rotations. Uh, you know, he takes himself to the right spot based on the coverage and the beaters that they have up on their schemes. Uh, he's got the ability to extend and make plays with his feet. He's accurate with the football. You've got to do a great job. Um, you've got to control the line of scrimmage. You've got to apply pressure to him. You can't let him out of the pocket at the same time. Uh, when, they, when he does scramble, you've got to match the, the personnel out in space. Uh, he created a bunch of big plays against us last year outside of the pocket. Um, he's a really good football player that that poses a problem. Uh, we got to do a really good job up front and on the uh, second and third levels in our in our coverage.
0: You're seeing the 2020 version of Spencer Rattler. Remember when he came on, jumped on the scene at Oklahoma, ended up losing his job to obviously another talented quarterback in Caleb Williams in 2021. Transferred over again before Tennessee was you know the butt of many jokes. Now you're seeing what Spencer Rattler was coming out of coming out of high school. Uh, Playing at elite level, Brent Tennessee obviously is, and we'll continue to preview it as the week goes on. But Tennessee has got to play well defensively, stay at home, and put some pressure on him because he's going to be coming, looking to throw all over the place.
1: Well, and and you can't, you're never going to tell me, convince me that they didn't do some kind of fundamental change in their offensive philosophy from that Florida game to the Tennessee game last year. It was completely different. uh, Whether it was somebody else calling the plays and not Marcus Satterfield and Freddie Kitchens, as a lot of people have alluded to. Whatever, fundamentally, they did things differently starting with the Tennessee game last year. And as a result, he's been more comfortable. He's played much better. They've been more productive in terms of yards. Austin makes a great point. You go look at it, and, man, you're thinking, I, I looked this up earlier, you're thinking, man, they, they're looking for you a know, shootout. They're very comfortable in shootout games. They're not rolling a lot of 40-point games up on people. They're moving the ball a lot up and down the field. Teams have done a pretty decent job against them in the red zone. That's going to be another key stat because I think Austin said this Sunday or Monday and and something that we did. Tennessee's going to give up yards, right? This is not a hold them to 98 yards in the first half type deal. You're going to give up yards. It's about can you eliminate them finishing drives? Can you force field goals? Can you stop them at the 35 and take them out of field goal range, Austin? those are going to be the key things to watch in this game. Cause you're not just going to shut them completely down.
4: No, you're not. You're not. They're going to, they're going to make some plays. Like it's going to make some plays. It's, you know, do you let, you know, do you allow only a 40 yard, you know, post that, you know, when you tackle the kid after when he makes the catch, or do you allow a 70 yard bomb for a touchdown? Like, you know, cause the 40 yard catch. Yeah. That's a blow, but it's not points. And so you, you still have a chance to get off the field after that. So, I think you got to eliminate the big plays that result in touchdowns and understand that they're going to get yards. You know, people that go into this game expecting Tennessee's defense to, you know, to to not give up yards would be, you know, silly. Like, they're going to give up yards. It's the points. And and I go back to the defensive line. I think that that, that, that's the whole deal. If they can get pressure on him, they'll get the crowd into it. It's the offensive line jittery. This is a James Pierce-type game. To me, I, I think that he, he needs to have a big one. And then Tyler Barron has to continue to play the way he's played, and so is Bryson and Eason. And cool. then the return of Omar Norman Lot,
2: Hey, Pete, your point about tackling and you know keeping a 40-yard play from being a 70-yard play, Hummer, you, you probably know this, but this is off the top of my head. I think the three biggest plays Tennessee's given up, the EDN run at Florida, the uh, Ty- Tyke Kellogg touchdown this weekend where turnage missed, and the, the bomb against – austin p where slaughter fell down i mean you
1: got two missed tackles and a quarter falling down are those are those the three biggest plays that was a 45 yeah. yarder i would i would throw in i would throw in a missed tackle on fourth and two that allowed the austin p quarterback to go for 42 yards yes possession that, that, yeah. uh,
2: so i think those are probably the four biggest yeah. plays from scrimmage and they've all been you know this fundamental you know bust i mean slaughter is a little different I, you know you got tripped up that'll happen but the other three we're talking about were just whiffs and, and multiple whiffs on on 88 at Florida.
1: Yeah, you just can't have that. You got to, I mean, you look, you may get, if you may get gashed, your gash has got to be not for points. You can't allow a 20 yard game to become a 70 yard game. You know, the, the Kellogg play should have been a 15 yard completion that turned into a 45 yard, 43 yard touchdown because you completely missed a tackle. Those are the little things that are different. And, and Tennessee's got to be much better fundamentally with those things defensively for four quarters.
0: Big Game Special, it's happening right now at VolQuest.com. If you are listening, but not a member of us, over, or a member with us over here at VolQuest.com, what are you waiting on? Right now, 50% off your first year annual subscription, going to cut that $109 in half, 50% off your first year, and we're also doing the $1 for one month over at valquest.com Big Game Special, it's happening this week at VolQuest.com. As always, we appreciate you guys for tuning in. Send in your mailbag questions for Thursday's podcast. A big thanks to Exterior Home Solutions for making all this coverage possible. Up until October the 1st, you can win a free roof by nominating a deserving family at exteriorhomesolutions.com/slash makeover. Need roofing, siding, windows, garage, repair? Contact Exterior Home Solutions today, 865-524-5888. For Austin Price, Rob Lewis, Brent Hubbs, I am Eric Kane. Appreciate you guys for tuning in. It's another edition of the BallQuest Podcast. You've been listening to the BallQuest Podcast every week here on Quest. Okay, round two.
1: Name something that's not boring.
2: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?